Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. It's almost upon us. It feels like it comes round earlier every year. But in two days, it's Black Friday. The country will collectively spend the day scrolling for bargains online in the run-up to Christmas. For many of us, that's what shopping is like now. An entirely online experience. One click and whatever you want will be delivered to your door the next day. One of the online retail giants we might turn to this festive season is Boohoo, one of the biggest fast fashion brands in the UK. Its popularity has rocketed thanks to huge, constantly changing catalogues and their use of the marketing power of influencers. I think it looks great. Yeah? Yeah. Mm, Megan Fox by Boohoo. But the brand has been rocked by scandal. The multi-million pound online fashion retailer Boohoo is facing the possibility of a US imports ban alongside many of its suppliers following widespread allegations over the use of slave labour. Campaign group Labour behind the label also said it had reports of workers forced to come in while sick with COVID-19 and factories operating illegally through lockdown. When the scandal broke, Boohoo insisted that these employees weren't directly hired by them, casting the blame on their suppliers instead. Even so, they promised to address concerns. Now, a couple of years later, what is it like in one of their warehouses? One of our reporters has gone undercover to find out what it takes to meet the company's demands. There were certainly cases where things got so severe that they needed to be seen professionally by paramedics. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, 
Undercover at Boohoo, the human cost of fast fashion. I'd been up in Burnley for about a month working at Boohoo's warehouse and I had a load of recording equipment that um, I'd been using whilst I was working undercover there. Our window into the world of fast fashion is the reporter Tom Ball. When he's not working undercover, he's the northern correspondent for The Times. After a month of working in the warehouse, he'd come down to London to return his covert recording kit. I was standing at the platform at London Bridge Station, waiting for my tube, and looked across and saw plastered against the inside of the tunnel an enormous poster made by Boohoo advertising their new sustainability ambassador, who was Courtney Kardashian. And at the time, it struck me as hypocritical, given the month that I had just spent in their warehouse and the things that I had seen, which were far from the sustainability that they were trying to suggest through this new campaign. And Tom, just take us back to when I imagine you didn't know quite so much about Boohoo. For many of us, when we've, in recent years, been driving through the country, you will suddenly sort of have a beautiful stretch of countryside and then just these epic, enormous warehouses. Is it one of those? Is that what you're walking into? It is. It's, the site is two warehouses. They are enormous. They are great blots on the landscape. They're just these huge, white, almost kind of aircraft hangar-style buildings. For the most part, they're windowless and cubic. As you go in, you have to go through, or at least at Boohoo's warehouse, you have to go through security first. You have to flash a card. They also had security guards as well. I think that the reason being that they were checking that staff weren't trying to take out clothing from the warehouse and take it with them. And so there would be random spot checks where you'd have to turn out your pockets, both going in and out. And me, who was laden with the load of secret recording equipment, that proved to be a little bit of a concern. That must have been awkward. Did they catch you at all? They never did. No, I, I um, with apologies to the man who gave me the recording equipment, one of the devices I would hide in my pants as I was going through the security. And then <laughs> we won't be using that again. <laughs> no, uh, I don't think that'd be wise. Once you go through security, you enter the warehouse, which is this very noisy, enormous room divided up into about five or six floors. The sound can be quite deafening in certain parts, and they did give us the option of having earplugs. Mainly, it's just made up of aisles and aisles of cardboard boxes that stretch out as far as the eye can see. It feels like when you're in there, being in a forest of cardboard boxes you can't see over the tops and it's it's very disorienting you don't really know where you are for a lot of the time and you're just going up and down for 11 hours of your shift all of that comes from somebody sat at home clicking on an item on their computer and those items magically appear in the post a couple of days later for people who don't use it talk us through the boohoo phenomenon What is it and how does it advertise itself? How has it been so successful in becoming a part of people's shopping habits? 
Boohoo was one of the first really fast fashion retailers that really took advantage of the internet and the boom in an online retailing and subsequently has grown large enough to engulf various other brands. Big moves by online fashion players are revealing their upper hand over traditional bricks and mortar clothing retailers. Boohoo said it had acquired all of the intellectual property assets, including customer data, and selected contracts of Debenhams from its administrators for $75.4 million. So not only now does it have its, its own Boohoo brand of online retailing, but it also owns brands such as Dorothy Perkins, Karen Miller. So it's become this enormous conglomerate and as a result is hitting sales of almost two billion pounds every year. Which is huge. You know, we've seen a lot of high street brands, for example, dying and withering. How has it been so successful in persuading people to buy its clothes? Well, a large part of it is the fact that its clothes are very cheap. So you can buy a T-shirt on there for £3, you can buy a shirt for £4, £5. And it's very convenient. The click of a button, you can have that £3 T-shirt in your letterbox the following day. So take us back, because in 2020, Boohoo was embroiled in a scandal just remind us what that scandal was and how they responded. Um, let's have a look at some of the uh, front pages. The, the Sunday Times ran an investigation, an undercover investigation, and they found that in one of the factories in Leicester that the company was using, workers were being paid far less than the minimum wage. Fashion giant faces slavery investigation. Workers in Leicester making clothes designed for the fashion giant Boohoo are being paid as little as £3.50 an hour, an undercover investigation by the Sunday Times has found. At the time, Boohoo said that the people working there weren't directly employed by them and it was a third-party operation. British online retailer Boohoo is culling its suppliers. It's published a full list of UK manufacturers as part of a pledge on transparency. It had found major failings in the firm's supply chain in England. But nonetheless, they made a great play of the fact that they were going to clean up their act and they made it a sort of a big campaign, really trying to show that they were becoming more sustainable, more ethical, more green. Boohoo came to me with this idea, the fact that it was all about sustainability and about having these conversations and using our resources. I think that that was so interesting to me and what made it something that I wanted to be a part of. In addition to talking and then, to you... And that's where things like the Kourtney Kardashian endorsement have come from. So they accepted that things had gone wrong back in 2020. They've had this big campaign to try and clean things up. And now, following on from that Sunday Times investigation two years ago, the Times have decided to send you undercover... Just explain why you picked this particular warehouse. So this warehouse is directly owned by Boohoo. It's one of four such warehouses in the country. My colleague Billy and I had seen that there were people on websites like Glassdoor where former employees and employees can talk about their workplace, talking about poor conditions at this warehouse. They were saying things like there were unreasonably high targets, 
and that managers were treating pickers poorly. So it seemed like a good place to go and investigate and see if these claims did stand up. So tell us about going undercover and just describe what's your average day like in the job. So I was working on the night shifts, which began at 6pm and ended at 6am. You get two half an hour breaks, one of which is unpaid. The job that I did was called picking. When somebody makes an order online, that order then gets sent to the warehouse and whatever it is that you've ordered will be in a box somewhere within that warehouse. And the job of the picker is to go and find that box, take the item out and then put it into a trolley. Once that trolley is full, you take it to what's known as the pick up and drop off point and you put it on a conveyor belt and then it gets whizzed down and eventually finds its way onto a lorry that that sends it out for delivery. The cycle just goes on and on and on for hours. Is it quite sociable? Do you get to chat to co-workers while you're working? No, it's not. It's it's not at all, really. The only time you ever really interact with your co-workers is, is if you happen to bump into them whilst you're walking through the warehouse. And that doesn't happen very often. It's, it's a vast warehouse and there's probably only about a dozen or so pickers on each floor. And when you do, people sometimes want to chat, but I found more often than not, that the stress of knowing that you have to hit a certain number of items each hour meant that people wanted to get on and, you know, you'd sort of nod and say, hello, how are you doing? But invariably, people would be quite keen to keep on going and, and hit their target. And is it physically demanding? It is physically demanding. I was walking roughly half a marathon every night. You're also pushing this quite heavy trolley. And as you carry on, the trolley gets heavier and heavier because you're filling it with items and you're also having to reach up to get boxes from the top shelf. When I got home at the end of each shift and I'd lie in bed, I could feel my legs kind of radiating. How much are people paid? I was paid £11 an hour. You, You really earn those £11. How much pressure did you feel while you're doing the job? to be performing, to be hitting those targets? You would be given at the start of your shift this quite heavy black device that you strap onto your wrist, invariably grimed and greasy with sweat from the person who's just done the 12-hour shift before you come on. And that tells you where in the warehouse you need to go. It's connected to a scanner and it makes this little bleeping sound. That sound will forever be ingrained into my memory because it's all you can hear for the shift. You're not allowed to listen to any music or any form of distraction. But it's also monitoring how many items you're picking every hour. This is one of the things that I sort of found to be most egregious while working there was that you are expected to pick 130 items per hour, which is just over two items per minute, which you have to really be going pretty hard consistently for all the hours that you're on shift in order to hit that. And and I certainly never hit that target. And a lot of the people that I worked with didn't hit that target. And so this device is not only pushing you on to work harder, but it's also checking that you are hitting your targets. And if you're not, then you will get a talking to from a manager and that can then be escalated up to higher echelons in the company. You've got two people that sit over in the other podium in the other chamber. 
whose only job is to make sure that you lot are doing your job. So if you take a 10 minute break, they would know? They'll know, yeah. What would they do if you take a 10 minute break? It depends. There are people in that warehouse whose sole job it is to monitor the efficiency of the workers. And if they spot that somebody is taking too many trips to the toilet or if they're not picking enough, they will then flag that with the manager. Wow. What qualifies as too many trips to the toilet in, in such a long shift? I was told when I was training that one or two trips to the toilet in a 12-hour shift was absolutely fine. But more than that, and, and it would be noted. Is, is there a maximum number of times you can go to the toilet? No, 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 no. Just don't take the piss. One or two on a 12-hour period, they're just going to assume. You could have been sat there doing fuck on, but they were going to assume that you went to the toilet or you went to get water or whatever. But if it's a constant four or five, six times during the course of the night, why? Mm. Somebody will come and ask you. And when you put all of this to Boohoo, how did they respond? Boohoo said that it was, it was standard practice for employees to monitor breaks, but said its policy was hardly ever enforced and denied timing toilet visits. Coming up, extreme heat, ambulance call-outs and a sexual assault we delve deeper into the Boohoo warehouse. That's after a quick message from a colleague. I'm Arti Nachipan. I'm the economics correspondent at The Times. We're going through a cost of living crisis and understanding economics is core to understanding what is going on and why. And I love my job because I get to make that accessible to people and bridge that gap. I can only do this thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times. Subscribe today by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
So, Tom, inside the warehouse, when you're doing these shifts, just talk us through the sort of conditions you're working in. I was working there at the back end of summer when temperatures outside were around 20, but during the night time would go lower. I'd taken a thermometer in with me on a few nights in a row. The temperatures inside the warehouse were often reaching above 30. They got up to about 32, I think, on, on one evening. It made the work, which is already physically draining, that much harder. By the end of your shift, your T-shirt is drenched. Your wrist is caked in grime and swept from the device. I'd bring a bottle of water with me and I'd be refilling it every hour, but also not really going to the toilet that much just because I'd be sweating out an entire litre of water every hour. Wow. There are a few fans on each floor, but unless you're standing directly in the face of the fan, you wouldn't get any benefit from it. One of the managers describes the warehouse as a sweat box. You know it's hot, yeah? I've got my bottle of water right there, okay? Everyone should at least have a plastic water bottle, okay? Next there was one meeting yeah? at the start of the shift where he stood in front of us and was doing his normal daily spiel about the number of orders and saying... I'm standing here not moving, and yeah, I'm already dripping with sweat, yeah? What the hell is I haven't even started moving yet and I'm already dripping in sweat and one of my co-workers said well in that case give us more breaks and he said nope, got to carry on okay. yeah, I get it, it's hot but we still have to perform I have to do my job, yeah, even though it's hot okay, I know it's horrible guys I know it's hot around you I am going to raise it with my shift managers I have already raised it we're going to have to try our best, okay yeah, That's amazing, so that you're still expected to meet these targets, to run around this forest of big cardboard boxes in what sound like tropical conditions. I mean, is is that legal? There is no legal limit on workplace temperatures, but trade unions like GMB have been campaigning for there to be a safe maximum of 25 degrees. Were these working conditions having an effect on the staff in terms of their health? What happens if, while you're running around to meet these targets, you injure yourself or or you damage your back, for example? What were you hearing from the other employees? There was a guy who I was quite friendly with. He's really, really bad. Is this the one on your shoulder? Yeah. Fuck, it's it's to the point where I'm just really struggling. Really? Yeah. He had worked at the warehouse for a couple of years, but had been doing a slightly different job from the one that I was doing and had joined as a picker roughly around the same time as I did. Within two or three weeks, his shoulder had started to cause him what he described as eight out of ten pain. And he was having to take several paracetamol pills to get him through each shift. And he went to the manager manager said there's not a lot we can do about it really he asked to be moved back onto the job that he had been doing before and nothing came of it really that's such a I really don't want to because I need money yeah I'm going to have to get another job and just before I left he left as well because he couldn't stand doing this job that was causing him so much physical pain another guy I met in there had a problem with his knee. I have really big pain. This 
was already this side. Yeah. And uh, same, my, my knee was hurting me. So. And they said? They said nothing. No answer. He had gone on two occasions to see the manager about it. He asked for them, made the very reasonable request that he could just have a few more breaks during his shift, which he would make up for and work slightly longer to account for the time that he was taking off. But just so that he could rest his knee for a few minutes every couple of hours or so, they never even got back to him about it. He said to me that they just treated him like he was he was nothing at all. Were a lot of people ending up needing medical attention? We got hold of ambulance data. It showed that in the last five years, roughly once every month, there had been an ambulance call out to the warehouse, 11 of which were for people who had fainted. So yes, there were certainly cases where things got so severe that they needed to be seen professionally by paramedics. Boohoo said that they had taken all reasonable steps to safeguard warehouse workers when we put this to them and added, slightly bizarrely, that sitting at a desk also had negative health impacts. That, that is bizarre. Boohoo also told us that its records don't reflect the ambulance call-out data provided to The Times. And Tom, tell us a bit about the sort of people who worked in the warehouse and how they were treated, depending on, for example, race. The makeup of the warehouse was there was a big contingent of Pakistani workers or people who had Pakistani backgrounds. And then the other big contingent were people who were from either Bulgaria or Romania. And then there was a smaller contingent of people who were British. There had been instances that I was told about whereby Bulgarian workers were being racist towards Pakistani workers. I was told about an instance in which a Bulgarian manager had sent all of the Pakistani workers underneath him to the fifth floor of the warehouse, which was notorious as being the hottest floor. When one of those Pakistani workers then complained and asked him why all the Pakistani people were being sent there and nobody else... He said that he'd been told by his manager, which when this Pakistani worker checked, uh, turned out not to be true. When we put this to Boohoo, they said that it had reviewed the case and found no evidence to substantiate the claims. The company said it had a zero tolerance approach to any racist behaviour on site. And Tom, whilst you were there, you also uncovered an instance of sexual assault. Tell us what happened. I was told about a woman who had worked at the warehouse as a picker woman in her 20s who was sexually assaulted by another picker who cornered her in one of the aisles of the warehouse and grabbed her on her privates. She told the manager, who then didn't report it, and later when she told another senior manager, he said that she was lying, in effect. Later, the man who committed the assault admitted it was fires and... We understand that Boohoo made her sign a a gagging order, essentially preventing her from talking about the incident. And what did Boohoo say when you put this to them? Boohoo said that the incident had been dealt with in accordance with their robust procedures. You've talked us through how Boohoo responded to some of your specific allegations, but what was their general response to 
with the whole of your investigation and what it's uncovered? Uh, so, Boohoo Group spokeswoman says... Whilst we take these claims very seriously, they're not reflective of the environment at our warehouse and our colleagues' experiences working for Boohoo. Making sure our people are safe and comfortable in their workplace is our highest priority. Our employee turnover rate continues to fall year on year. And our colleagues tell us that they are happy with their work environment. We offer generous rates of pay, well over and above the national living wage, with additional benefits, including subsidised private healthcare. We had taken steps to prepare for the heat during summer months and put fans on every floor, provided water fans and bottles and monitored pregnant women. And Tom, I mean, you were focusing on Boohoo, you were inside a a warehouse that they run. But in a way, they're kind of symptomatic of a culture where we've all become very used to tapping on something on a screen and expecting it to arrive a day later. It's fascinating, I think, to hear the kind of work that goes into making that happen. Clearly, this is now the way an awful lot of people are having to work. What sort of effect do you think it's having on people? It's hugely isolating. In a normal workplace, you'd be surrounded by colleagues who you could talk to. But working in a warehouse like the one I worked in, you don't have that. And you're basically just working on your own for 11 hours straight. That doesn't strike me as a healthy environment to work in or or indeed to live in. There's a very good book called The Health Gap by Sir Michael Marmot. And he describes picking as a concentrated mix of everything we know about damaging aspects of work not only because of the physical demands of it, but also because you're socially isolated. You have these high targets and high demands and you're not treated well by your superiors on the whole. That then has ramifications which spread throughout the rest of the community that you're living in. If you're not healthy in work, then that then has knock-on effects for your family life and for the broader community that you're living in. So Boohoo will say that they're providing work for thousands of people within that community, but when the quality of the work is not that high, that can then have its own detrimental effects, which ramify throughout the community. And this is just one warehouse and one company, but if most warehouses are as isolating as that, or as dehumanising as that, you know, have we begun to think about the impact it's having on huge swathes of society? I don't. I think most people don't necessarily appreciate that. It is so fast because of this sort of industrialised way that it is now run, in which people are treated almost as though they are robots. And for the people that are actually working in those conditions, that can be very dehumanising, that you're the bottom rung of an enormous corporation which is turning over billions of pounds of sales every year. And yet these people who work there are some of the most critical employees within that system. I think that people should be more aware of how it is that that it reaches them with such speed and that while it might be very convenient and very cheap for them, that also comes with a cost. And there are people who are working at the bottom rung of a company who are taking the strain from that cost.
You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, the Northern correspondent at The Times, Tom Ball. You can read Tom's investigation today at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription, or why not pick up a physical copy of the paper? The producers today were Sam Chantarasak and Taryn Siegel. The executive producer is Kate Ford, and sound design was by David Crackles. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. <laughs>